Welcome back to another hour of Sky Shower. I'm Noah. And I'm Jesse. This is episode 118, and tonight we got Glenn Cadden, Origin 1825. And uh, after that, we have our shout-outs and get it together. It's restaurant review being the Metropolitan Bar and Grill. And then our topic is a movie review of The Machine. Um, before we get started here with the Scotch Review, once again, thank you to all of our new subscribers on YouTube and uh, Rumble. And uh, thank you for all the listeners and uh, supporters uh, on our podcast uh, platforms. We greatly appreciate all of you. Please like, share, and subscribe. And leave comments down below. Uh, we greatly appreciate that. And uh, we are trying to get up to uh, 1,000 subscribers. So uh, please do us a favor. Please uh, subscribe to our podcast. Even even if you only listen to us once, uh, we would greatly appreciate the assist on trying to get up to 1,000. Uh, so that way we can open up some new features in our YouTube channel. All right. With that, we'll, uh, let's get rocking and rolling. That's right. And as Noah said, even if you don't finish an episode... Please subscribe <laughs> um, because uh, it helps fulfill our desire to get to that level where we are given so much more freedom and tools to create a better experience for our viewers. We really would appreciate it. This week, we do have the Glen Cadem Origin 1825. We're going to call this a NAS, N-A-S, Scotch, single malt Scotch whiskey from the Highland. And why NAS? It's uh, no age specified. <laughs> there is no age. Um, oh, so it's not like NAS that we throw in your, your cards, like <laughs> nah. the Fast and the Furious? Not NAS, no, not nitrous oxide. This is no age specified, oh, man. Um, or as it's called in Scotland. I wanted to push a button and get like super drunk. <laughs> Dude, my just it's only 40% ABV, but as it's truly called, it's a no age statement. Um, I call it no age specified, but no age statement, single malt scotch whiskey from the Highlands. I'm Glenn Cadham, as it mentions, 1825. It actually came about in 1823, located in the Burr of Brecon. Um, it was built in the wake of the Excise Act of 1823. As a matter of fact, originally owned by George Cooper uh, before he sold it very shortly after building it in 1827 to David Scott. Uh, in 1854, Glenn Cadham was sold to the Canadian distiller Hiram Walker as part of a large acquisition um, that took place in Scotland. They were still struggling post-World War II and all of the economic situations that faced. Um, this was very very common for a great vast number of distilleries at the time. Uh, the distillery was mothball. You've heard this term before because again, something weird happened around the late 
1990s to the early 2000s, um, scotch wasn't super popular. So they mothballed the Glen Caddam distillery in 2000. Uh, mothballed really meaning that they shut it down, cleaned it, sanitized it, got it ready either for sale or reopening sometime in the future. But the, the real point is that they really like, cleaned it from head to toe, got rid of everything um, that was potentially da dangerous, damaging, hazardous um, got it ready for quick sale and or reuse and then three years later is acquired by Angus Dundee of London um, who later very shortly later started producing single malt scotches again uh, with key focuses on they are non-chill filtered no color added and are added and they have the water source of the berry burn so much like every other great scotch and we're going to hope this one's great uh, they do have a preferred water source that they really do cling to it is matured in ex-bourbon casks that are white american oak and then further um aged in ex oloroso sherry butts to give it some different flavors uh, that glen Caddam signature whiskey uh, characteristics if you will include a rich oily texture I, i'm curious what that is you know i'm, I'm still trying to I like sherry butts <laughs> and i cannot lie <laughs> you can do those side bends and sit-ups but please don't lose that sherry butt that's right so we've got this rich oily texture and then also creamy flavors this one in particular they have noted to be rich on the palate with bananas pineapple pears boiled sweets merged with soft spice and a hint of floral note on the finish yeah i don't know where that oily stuff comes from uh, yeah dude i just skipped sorry i just had to like get that, that, <laughs> that cherry butts thing out of my head before i mean oily that's like swamp ass man <laughs> it is like swamp ass and then when you said like the creamy stuff i'm like where that creamy stuff come from like, maybe we don't want to know i don't like i was like I, I, if you want to go there with the big old buds and the sherry buds like, hey, I didn't say I like big old buds. I said I like cherry buds. Why is it oily and creamy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, feel so but good geez. right now. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Uh, out. No butt yeah. cheese for me. No butt cheese. All right. So this particular expression, and they do have Portwood expressions as well. Uh, but this particular expression, the origin, 1825, originated in 2016 uh, and has been a success for them ever since. Now, what success for them means versus enjoyment for us, we are about to find out. It is not it has not been a huge name in scotch but as we've learned from some of the other expressions distilleries and master maltsmen they can produce some really great things that have surprised us and may surprise you as well yeah well this uh, particular distillery has uh no visitor site <laughs> so i got no tour information here so uh Hence the probably why I had to start thinking about cherry butts. Yeah. Um, but uh, brings back, you know, the younger days. <laughs> it does have uh, only one wash steel 
and uh, one spirit steel. They're both pear shaped. Uh, I forget how many liters, but I think it was like roughly 14,000. Yeah. And uh, it does say that uh, their malt, it actually gets sourced from a nearby industrial site. And it's uh, and it's not peated, so they don't peat their malt here. So I know that's something that we both like is like like we we both like that peat. You probably more so than me, uh, but I do like Lagavulin, and you do like or you like Lagavulin. I like Ardbeg a lot, and I also like our, uh, vice versa. Yeah. We like them all. Yeah, we like them all. <laughs> so you know, being that we both like Isla, and Isla does tend to have some like good peat here. I wonder if we're going to notice like the absence of this uh, of smoked peat or something in here. Furthermore, like why would you announce like from an American standpoint, we source our uh, barley from an industrial site. Oh, is that where it gets the oily additives from the petroleum facility? <laughs> yeah, it's going to make you wonder when they say industrial site. It's like, uh... maybe it was a poor choice of words. Maybe, maybe something got lost. In translation there. i can believe that for sure all right i, I really don't have anything else other than that sorry I, I, I mean, no it's good this is a as we go through cycles of scotches we go high and we go low this is a highland which if you really look at it is the lower part of <laughs> scotland so but this is a highland single malt scotch 40 percent abv x american oak um, white oak, bourbon cask, and Oloroso sherry butts. No age um, specified. And we're going for it anyway because you never know what you're going to find. I did read something on uh, the Master of Malts, uh, I think, website maybe, uh, that they said like the uh, sherry butts is what gives it the sweetness, and the American oak is what's giving it the tropical flavor. I I question that a little bit, but we'll see, we shall see. We shall see. Yeah. All right. Well, first things first. Not bad, but a very basic box. But at least it's still coming in one. Um, as we've talked multiple times, I think that has been for me Ardbeg's uh, biggest fail with the the hypernova, the supernova. I think it's yeah, the hypernova. Super, yeah, one of those two. Supernova. I, I, I think you're right, hypernova. <laughs> but with that scotch, like. They've got it on the shelf at the the liquor store by us all the time for a cool two hundred dollars a bottle, but, but no, man, no, no box. Where's the box of the tin? That means something. Presentation does mean something at that level. It is not all about saving the world because if your scotch is that great, you're probably not producing that many canisters. And guess what? Great people are going to recycle them anyway. So you're covered, Ardbeg. You're covered. Don't worry about that step. So here the bottle. Fairly light in color, clear looking. I don't know that I'm super impressed with the label, but I'm not unimpressed either. It is very basic to say the least. I am sure it is a plastic topper and if a cork top at all, a pressed cork top, but we are about to find that out. It's more of a sticker, I would say. Uh, well, maybe not. It, actually, it is a paper label. It is paper. The foil itself across the top, substantial, 
not cheap, um, perforated fairly well as <laughs> it rips. Uh, the question is going to be, is the long run, is this something at a very remarkable about 30 US dollars per bottle on sale? Um, is this something we would take to a game night? We would take to a black tie event or keep on our shelves? Dum, dum, dum. Actually, it's a real cork stopper with a plastic top. The color is more impressive than I thought it would be. Who knows? This could be one of the next big things. All right. Well, it's time for our warp speed and uh, scotch tasting notes here. So, uh, cheers. Cheers. Clint Cadam uh, origin. This is an origin story, supposedly. <laughs> we should have done a, a superhero movie with this, with the origin, <laughs> origin eighteen twenty five story. Yeah. Um, but the Clint Cadam is a uh, surprising delight. Um, I, I actually never heard of this uh, distillery before. Not really sure where you came across it, but I. Uh, uh, it is enjoyable. Like I said, it, it, it's a, it's definitely a surprising delight. And when, uh, when I first look at the presentation, I do like the box. Um, I like the coloring. I like the gray. I like the gold. I like the black. I like the white or maybe like off-white or lighter gray. But what I don't like is the labeling on the bottle itself. To me, it just reminds me too much of like a wine bottle labeling and not like a scotch bottle labeling. And so I kind of knocked points off for that. And so I gave it a three out of five. Yeah. Um, plus, I think uh, is the top is a plastic. The top yeah. is plastic. Yeah. So, and I, and I know like we've given some others a, a four uh, that did have a plastic top, but I think the main difference there happened to be the labeling. Like the box itself keeps up with everybody else. It's just something about the labeling I just don't find very appealing. I just think it would be something I'd find on a wine bottle. Uh, not that it's bad. Just to me, it's just not eye-appealing. Uh, when we go to the uh, color, I put the color down as a nice uh, medium gold. Uh, kind of just reminds me of like the... I don't know, do you uh, do you remember the uh, the movie the old movie the Gladiator? Oh yes, absolutely one hundred percent. Yeah, so you know, like you know, like when he's walking in the fields of uh, wheat and he's like has his hand going across. It just kind of reminds me of that kind of a golden wheat mm -hmm. color, mm -hmm. uh, which I do like. I do like the color, uh, and and also being that the mm -hmm. snow color added, I like that as well. So I gave that a four out of five. So it's right there with everybody else on the color uh, that we pretty much like. Um. The aroma. All right. So here, I really dug the aroma. This is like, <laughs> this gets my highest points. Um, because it has like a nice sweet red berries. And even with the red berries, uh, at first I didn't notice until we moved into the uh, larger uh, like highball type glass uh, where you, uh, you also mentioned that you got more cherry. And that's where I started picking up the cherry as well. So that, uh, like with the red berries and the cherry, it had like a nice honey sweetness to it. 
uh, and some uh, vanilla creaminess in the smell. And I also put sap. Uh, and I think here's where I was getting kind of like, there is like a tropical twist to it here. And the, I think uh, everyone who wrote about it was saying like tropical flavors or whatever, I think they're right. But here's the thing is like, when, I was think, when I'm thinking of like tropical fruits, it's not so much like tropical fruits that like pineapples or anything like that, but it's kind of like that sappy uh, molasses type of thing. You almost get like with like a really ripe like a mango or, you know, something, you know, like I, that's kind of like where I got with the sappiness there in the, in the, in the aroma. I gave this 27 out of 30. So I gave it pretty high points there. Uh, the palate. Here it first starts off with a vanilla creaminess with some hints of winter spice. Uh, and that kind of flows into some uh, some malt flavors and ripe apricots, uh, which to me is like a very nice fruity, sweet flavor, uh, which I really enjoyed as well. However, what it's lacking here is body. It's a very light-bodied scotch, and I think this, even though it has, like, great flavors, I think the light-bodied scotch, the light-bodiness of it, really uh, actually doesn't add to it. It Actually, I think it, it uh, subtracts from it, and I would have liked it to, uh, I would have liked the creaminess to really, like, coat my palate or coat my mouth, and I would have liked the body just to be a little bit heavier, more, like, medium-bodied to where it just kind of lingered, and, you know, you could just, like, really... Cherry vibes. Yeah, you can really like kind of like, <laughs> you know, in wine in wine tastings we would call it jamminess, where you kind of, mm. you kind of like feels like you can almost chew it a little bit. I would wish that this had that a little bit more, uh, but I think because of how light it is, I'm not really sure how well it would stand up to the next day. And we only try these and we open these at the time when we start shooting. So I gave it 24 out of uh, 30 points. Uh, I was questioning, I thought maybe 25, but really I think just because of the light bodiness of it, I, that, I think that kind of like detracts from it a little bit. Uh, going into the finish, here I got a nice fruity finish with hints of barley and oak. And the finish itself, once again, still really light bodied on the finish, but the, the time of the length I put as a medium finish is in length, not in body. So once again, I think... We're missing out on the body and the finish too, uh, but it does have a little bit of that, like that lingering sweetness and with a slight bit of oak and hints of barley there. Um, I liked it. I think it could have gone a little bit. I like I said. I think it could have just been a little bit deeper in flavor and lasted maybe a little bit longer. But I gave this uh, an eight, uh, a twenty-four out of thirty as well. Um, once again, it could have easily been a twenty-five, but here's my reluctancy of giving it like a, a point or two higher is that I'm not really sure how well this is after it being open, how well it's going to hold into the next day or the next few days. Uh, and so I'm rating this a little bit conservative in that sense. And so my grand total is 82 out of possible 100 points. Would I take this to a black tie affair? I probably would not. Um, I don't think like, like I said, the box itself, I think would hold up the, uh, the labeling is not kind of like what I would want to represent me, uh, going to a black tie affair. And I think 
because of the flavors and the body and stuff like that, yes, it's sweet, but it's also forgettable, I, I would say, in a sense. And so I wouldn't want to have this as being like, this is the scotch that Noah brought and have that speaking for me, right? I want, I would want something to be a little bit more bold, uh, I, I would think, uh, and a little bit more complex at a black tie affair. Would I take this to game night? Hell yeah, I would. I think this would be a fun bottle to drink at a game night. It's light, it's easy to drink, uh, and it's sweet. Um, would I put it on my shelf? Yeah, I think it has a place on the shelf. Um, I also think this would be an after-dinner scotch, kind of like you would drink for, uh, in place of maybe of an aperitif or maybe something to enjoy with a dessert because of that fruity sweetness. I Once again here, I think what might go well, and I'm a huge fan of this, is I love creme brulee, so I think the vanilla-ness and the creaminess of a creme brulee uh, with the fruitiness of this particular scotch would go great. Or maybe if you had some like uh, peaches and cream type of dessert, I think this would also go great with that. Um, like I said, I think this is, uh, I could drink this on a warm summer day. I could drink it with dessert. I could drink it as like my, my maybe my dessert drink after a dinner. Uh, and like I said, don't get me wrong, I think 82, I think it's a respectable score for this, I think it could score higher. My reluctancy to score it higher is I'm just not sure if it's built to last for more than just when you open it up. And, uh, yeah, uh, would I recommend you go out and buy it? Uh, I think you said the price point's right around 30 $30 on sale. Yeah, $30 on sale. Yeah, I'd say you definitely pick it up and give it a try. I think you might be, you, I think you might be pleasantly surprised. And, and I would say... You know, I'm still kind of a novice here in scoring, so don't really don't let my my scoring here uh, sidetrack you from giving this a try. I think it is an interesting scotch as well. I'm right there with you with uh, many aspects of this scotch. First of all, um, I don't mind the box. I do think it feels cheap, but it looks great. Uh, but it feels cheap, but at the same time, man, looks are the biggest piece if you're the one pouring. So unless you're pouring for yourself, you're probably not even handling this box. Where we fall next is to the bottle. And I agree with you there as well. It's not the plastic top that does it for me. It is the label. And it is a label that is of maybe intended by Glenn Cardam. Maybe it was something where it's more earth friendly. Guess what? Oh, man, let's figure out a better way because this is not something that impresses me. When uh, someone sends me a letter, I absolutely look at the card stock, the watermark, and everything else, and this is a label that fails. It just is not great. It's not bad. And that's the struggle is it is not a bad label. It's just not strong. Um, to me, the piece is when I think of scotch, I'm not thinking of a white claw. I'm not thinking of this is the 21-year-old drink in America. I am thinking oh, this is something that has withstood a test of time, even if it's a seasonal release or a special release. I want something that stands for more, and this label does not shout that out to me. So uh, for me, the, the presentation also got a three. 
The color for me did get a four, and I not exactly as you phrased it, but for me, this is a, what I would call, and I don't want anyone to think about snowflakes or snow falling when I say this, but this is a winter blonde to me where the lighter pieces of the blonde like a like a field a wheat field are light but then closer to the roots is almost brown because it's gotten no exposure to any sun uh, so it's definitely a winter blonde uh, that little hint of blonde at the root and i like the color it's a four mm. uh, with myself the nose was also one of these strong points for me the fruit um cherry banana pineapple followed by and i think this is where you get your idea to have it with creme brulee is that vanilla sweetness a hint of honey which supposedly is the Glen Cadam character. It's this creamy vanilla Glen Cadam character. However, for 26 on the nose, that's where it is hard to follow because the palette does not tell the same story. The palette is good. You still have the sweet cherry and pineapple. It's kind of like a fruit salad, though, where the flavors are intermixed. And then it goes into a little bit of spice. I'm not sure exactly what kind of spice I would classify it as, um, but it's more of a ginger and clove to me. And then in the body, that finishes with malt and vanilla. And it's really vanilla and then malt. And that's where the finish comes into the play. The palette for me, I held, I held true to the nose, not because they are the same, but at a 26. Um, but the finish is the next line, and that is the finish does start sweet and fruity. There are hints of oak and pear. And I like the pear. Um, but then I feel like it's kind of uh, cut short, to your point. There was something, once you get past the nose, and you smell it, and it is all there. It represents a full presentation. This is a full scotch, and you get to the palate. And it starts out strong. It's like Rocky, right? He's going hard. It does not finish like Rocky. <laughs> It does leave me a little like it's got a hollow body at the end in particular. And I think it had so much potential. It is not a bad scotch. Don't get me wrong there. For the finish for me, a 25 total score, 84. And with that, though, man, I agree with you 100%. The nose was ultimately the win of the scotch. I probably would have and could have been a little bit harder on the palate because the palate does not hold up to the nose, but the palate at the front still offers a invitation. It's something that makes me want more. Um, overall, 84, would I take it to a black tie event? Not because of the box, but because of this label on the bottle. And the, it's the way the light shines through it. No, 
it doesn't look like it is of substance. It's like if you got the wrong Breitling or wrong Rolex or wrong <laughs> Gerard Perigo and you're going to the, you know, the yacht race and they're like, dude, that's not going to make it through this race. Like, no, get off the boat. <laughs> Get off the yacht. Um, that is what this label says to me is, well, what do you mean you couldn't afford a pocket square? Like, go get the rest of the details and finish it. And that may seem a little harsh, but that's real. With that, much like yourself, would I take it to a game night? If it was in a warmer month, especially in the summer Hell yeah. And that is because of the fruit fa fl forward flavors at the beginning. I think it is perfect here in America for all those individuals who want to drink something that reminds them of their White Claw, where you have this immediate splash of fruit followed by, oh, I just drank some seltzer water. Like, okay, there goes my Perrier. Why the hell did I pay for salt to be added to my water? I don't know. Um, it's not that simple. I'm not trying to take away from Perrier, but that is the bottom line here is it is so fruit forward at the beginning i don't know how you can follow up and finish with that unless you do add some peat or some smoke or it has a lot more oak or cream this does not overall 84 um, does it have a place on my shelf at the end of the day if i've got 50 bucks am i going to spend 30 bucks on this and save 20 now nah, i'll buy something else for 50 bucks It's time for our shout-outs. Oh, man, my shout-out and get-together are along the same platform. They go into Formula One, and this is what's hard. My favorite team, Ferrari, get it together. And then my second favorite team, and for someone who's matured greatly as a driver, Honda's powertrain in the Red Bull Verstappen driven vehicle in Formula One. That is my shout out once again. Nailed it. Yeah, Verstappen. Verstappen did nail it. That's for sure, right? Uh, they didn't say they said like this is like the the most uh, anyone's ever led. Oh yeah. In a uh, Formula One. If well, I think in the Spanish uh, Grand Prix. Yeah. All right, uh, I get it together, or I guess my shout out. Sorry, not get together, but shout out here. Um, I don't really have one, so I'll just give a shout out to uh, all the friends I visited out in uh, Utah for taking the time to visit with me. So, thank you to all of you. That's important. It is. Any get it togethers? Well, that was just it, Ferrari man. I love you, uh, Ferrari, but get it together in Formula One. <laughs> yeah, get it togethers for me. Uh, there's a. Uh, <laughs> Out in Utah, right? So, uh, so this well, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my put my get it together and, and put it in with the uh, with uh, Noah's travel notes since I did travel to uh, to Salt Lake. So Salt Lake, uh, actually they uh, they redid their uh, their airport, and so um, they it's a really nice looking airport in there, like uh, both Concourse B and Concourse A, really nice looking. They uh, made it wider and bigger so that way they can get more international flights, uh, you know, going back and forth from there. Here's where they failed. They have no tram system. So it takes about like 20 to 30 minutes walk from uh, Concourse B to the exit of the airport. And 
Not that for me, it really it didn't really bother me that much. Uh, you know, I'm short and fat, but uh, but I, what I worry about is like these old people uh, who can barely walk or people who have trouble walking. You really like set your this airport set itself up to fail, uh, where they have no transit system to go from these uh, airport these uh, air carriers that are in concourse B. Uh, to get to like the uh, exit of the uh, airport or to where a baggage claim is. So I think that was really poor planning on their part. So I'm going to give uh, the Salt Lake Airport, as much as, as pretty as it is, it has to get, get it together because of how they built their concourses and how long and how far you have to go. Because it's really weird. You have to go like up and then you go down and then you go like uh it almost feels like you up and down, up and down a couple times. Because when you first arrive there, uh, you have to go up the escalators to go to go through security, and then you go, and then uh, you go through security, and then when you get to, uh, I think, conc- like at uh, the end of Concourse A or in the middle of Concourse A or somewhere, you actually go down to this big long underneath tunnel, and then you pop back up. It's just it's it's weird how they have a design. So honestly, I just. I think they just need to get together. Maybe build a small tram system from that underneath area there or whatever. But I'll tell you what, Delta set themselves up because Delta did help them pay for it. And uh, because of that, Delta is all right there. You walk through security and then there's like all these Delta gates. Well uh, done, Delta. Yeah, well done for Delta. Uh, also, like uh, there's a couple of places. I went to a few restaurants out there. I went to the uh, Green Pig uh, Bar and Grill. That's uh, a pretty nice, it's a fun place there. They have an upstairs uh, patio. I didn't get to sit up there because it was raining, so uh, I missed sitting out on the rooftop uh, patio there, Uh, but that would have been fun. Uh, I went to this place called The Porch. This place, it gets a uh, get it together. Here, the uh, the chef and the owner are uh, battling it out to who should win, and it looks like the chef lost and is leaving their position. But um, they are trying to be a high-end restaurant, um, but falling way short of it. They're charging seven dollars for a Kirkland orange juice, uh, which you know, if I want, if I'm going to pay seven dollars, I'm going to a high end restaurant. I want it to be freshly squeezed orange juice, uh, so I want it to be fresh. Um, they also notate on their menu that everything has to be served as is, no substitutions. Uh, so it's really hard to get like anything extra, like uh, ranch for your fries or or anything like that. So that place is called The Porch. It's in Daybreak. That place, I would say, get it together. Um, would I recommend going there? Probably not. I, I would not. I would say you could bypass that place. I probably would go to the uh, the bar and grill that's like probably two doors down called The Break uh, and get, get myself a burger there or something like that. Uh, then uh, I did revisit the uh, downtown P.F. Chang's there. Had a much better visit at P.F. Chang's this time in Salt Lake than I did with you. Back in November, that was rough. <laughs> that was a rough visit, uh, and I, you know, like that was between Christmas and New Year, so maybe that was just a bad time to go in the first place. Uh, this time, the like this service was much better. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about Salt Lake. If you do go out there, uh, there's some uh, really cool places to go downtown and try out. The Green Pig is one that I would recommend uh, if you want something a little bit off uh, off uh, downtown area. Uh, there's a place called uh, 
Uh, we always call it Chupacabra, but they call it, they have these things <laughs> called uh, uh, Ducky Death Stars there. So you get like, it's basically like a punch bowl and you get like a rubber ducky in there. Uh, if you go there on Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, it's a pretty good deal. Uh, but I, I, um, I'll have to figure out if the name is that the name of that is, but um, I'll uh, leave it in the comments or. This week's restaurant was the Metropolitan Bar and Grill. Man, the Metropolitan Bar and Grill. We're talking just a block east of maybe two blocks east of i-25 um amazing and dayton right not dayton dry, dry, creek, dry, dry creek dry creek uh metropolitan bar and grill just a block and a half two blocks east of i-25 on dry creek road uh, and i'd been there once previously myself just for an appetizer uh, this time we went and we had a full meal and it was a pleasant surprise. So they have the uh, Monday burger deal and it was a straightforward Monday American burger deal. You get your patty and some cheese. They slap some onion, tomato, lettuce, ketchup, mustard on a brioche bun with some great fries the burger was cooked perfectly uh, and then you get a draft beer to go with that all for 14 dollars um before comparing it to anything else 14 dollars for that you compare that to a value meal at mcdonald's where you're getting a soda versus a draft beer yes this burger was that much better yes and i love mcdonald's fries these fries were that much better <laughs> yes the beer was that much better than a diet coke and i again love mcdonald's diet coke um so overall there there was that now we did start with and uh, noah's recommendation and he ordered the texas twinkies they were a win. OMG. Goddamn. <laughs> we got some jalapeno stuff with cheese wrapped in bacon uh, with a little drizzle of some sweet barbecue sauce. They were absolutely fantastic. A huge win. I made us want to, it really made us want to try every, well, most of the appetizers on the list for me, half the appetizers on the list for Noah. But with that, Man, it was that good. It was that good of experience. You know, you bring in the comparison tailgate or you can choose any sort of burgers. It changes things up a little bit. But still, for a Monday night, a, a straightforward American burger, it was a home run for me. Would I meet a friend there? Absolutely. Absolutely. See me. Would I take a date there? Absolutely. The decor. The decor for me was... I mean, it's pretty modern. It's an eight. It's a mid-range restaurant. It's not really fast food, but it's not like so high that it's that far off. Uh, but the decor is solid eight. The service for us this evening was, she did great in my mind. It was a solid, I'm going to go with a nine. She wasn't over the top. That's what it takes to get a 10, but she did not falter once. Did a very nice job with every aspect of it. The food was absolutely a nine. Um, it's, it's, 
reaching the potential to be a 10 and then overall value man what we walked out what i walked out there paying for my dinner was absolutely great value especially in these continuously trying times economically um so overall i am going to give it man and we're not seeing a whole lot of these we're actually starting to see some greater variances much like with the scotch but i'm giving it a nine all right so uh for me i'm going to compare this to the porch because there's a lot of similarities here <laughs> the decor on the inside uh very modern in both places both places have outdoor patio seating and uh right here the metropolitan barn grill beats the porch <laughs> It really does. It was, for being modern, it was still cozy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then when we go into uh, the mill, right, uh, over at the porch, I, gra- I, got, I got a burger and fries. Here, I got the All-American Burger, just like you, burger and fries. Uh, but for $14, I paid $14 for burger, fries, and a beer. Over there... Is fifteen dollars for a burger and fries, and I'm like, you, like the burger itself had great flavor. I mean, for just a average like regular burger, it's just a patty, a cheese, onion, tomato, lettuce, uh, ketchup, and mustard. Uh, I had to ask for mustard. I wasn't really sure if there was mustard on there. <laughs> you got extra mustard. I got extra mustard, but it. Uh, it was great. It had great flavor. the 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 place, uh, the porch in uh, in Salt Lake, it had this kind of like uh, the way they called it was a uh, hollandaise cheese with lettuce and tomato. But there was no like red onion or anything there to give you that oh, nice crispness. <laughs> and uh, there was no way, and you couldn't substitute anything right there. So it was just like. It actually tasted better uh, with with some little bit of ketchup, but here the All American Burger just had better flavor, even though it was basic, as compared to this other one where they're trying to be super fancy and failed. The meat had great flavor to it, and it was just honestly a really good burger. Uh, and I think what kind of complemented the burger and the fries here is the choices on tap that they had. They had uh, good beers uh, on tap to choose from, and I went with the Breckenridge Palisade Peach, which is an excellent uh, summertime beer. Uh, you, you know, it, honestly, I, th- I give the food a nine here. I think it was a great value. Um, the one thing, like, it loses out to uh, tailgate to is tailgate gives you the variety of different uh, hamburgers to choose from. But at the end of the day, oh. The, a burger with a pint at at uh, tailgate. You could choose any burger you want and get a and a pint, and that's just basically the same cost as getting the all American burger over at the Metropolitan. So if I just wanted just a basic burger, hands down, I'll probably go to the Metropolitan. If I want a variety of burgers to try from, you know, I'd probably go to the uh, uh, I'd go to tailgate, and we go to tailgate a lot. <laughs> Uh, but here, here's the here's the separating factor though. 
those uh, Texas Twinkies were phenomenal. Like that, that, like that sweet barbecue <laughs> sauce with that bacon wrapped around the jalapeno oh with cream my cheese. God. That was so tasty and so good. It was excellent. I just wish that maybe we got the full order next time instead of like the uh, the, after, the happy hour uh, special of two. But. It was excellent, and I, and I think that is kind of like the kicker that kicks up and above. Uh, so really, the like the price of my meal, because uh, I ended up getting two beers this time, where I normally I would only get one, or sometimes I don't get any at all. Uh, yeah, I still walked out of there, you know, paying like a little over twenty five dollars a tip. So I'm not like. I'm not hating life on this one. This one is great. I think it's a great deal. <laughs> and you covered the Texas Twinkies. Yeah, and I covered the <laughs> Texas Twinkies. Uh, the other really nice part about this here is like the wait. The wait staff was great. They're uh, she was kind. They're prompt in and uh, uh, serving us. Uh, they even joked with me when uh, when we walked <laughs> in because I made you know like I made a comment like. Oh, I guess I really didn't need to make a reservation, <laughs> and uh, the, the the person who sat down, the hostess, was like, joke, like laughed with us on that. So, because um, uh, you know, when we got there, it was I think you know it hadn't quite hit. I mean, happy hour had already been going on, but it was a Monday, and I don't think people really had gotten off of work yet, maybe or whatever. As we were leaving the bar area, it was starting to fill up a little bit. Um, so. Yeah, this is middle of the road. Uh, it's not high end, not low end. Uh, I, you know, the service I give that a nine as well. The food was a nine. Uh, the uh, atmosphere, I give that about an eight as well. So really, I think overall, you know, grand scheme, I'm going nine here as well. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with this place. And their menu is actually pretty reasonable. Like a lot of things on their menu is like fifteen dollars. Yeah, now the the Monday All American Burger Night is a special. I didn't real I didn't look even to see how much the regular burger for All American Burger was, but fourteen dollars for fries, a pint, and a burger. I was like, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I think when you look at their menu, you'll see like most of the things on there is like fifteen bucks, anyways. So you you probably would have been looking at like maybe like twenty dollars uh, if you got the burger and and a beer. So you're basically saving five dollars with the Monday All American Burger. Hashtag winning, and yeah. as you mentioned, those Texas Twinkies, winning. That is that. Yeah, that was like that. Was, if you go there, let them know Scotch Hour recommended you to go there and order those damn uh, Texas Twinkies. You'll love them. Yes, and go on a Monday if you're going after the burger. They had some other great specials throughout other days of the week. I really want to try, and we're both pretty particular with our Philly cheesesteaks. But they Friday night they have a special with the cheesesteaks. Maybe we'll go back sometime and test them out. We'll give them a try and let you know. <laughs> All right. This week's Smarter Challenge, the 2023 release, The Machine. It's an... Spoiler, by the way. Yeah, tons of spoilers. Comedy slash action as opposed to Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, action slash comedy. <laughs> they kind of mix things up here. Directed by Peter Atencio. Hasn't directed a whole lot. 
Oh, I didn't even look to see who the director was. Hasn't directed a whole lot. Uh, Based on the comedy of Burt Kreischer, who has been a comedian for a while. And his comedy is great. And then also it's uh, a screenplay by Kevin Beagle. Um, first wrote in Scrubs. He was part of the Scrubs team. I think that was season nine. And then helped with the the writing of and the concept of Cougar Town for Courtney Cox because she asked him to come up with this concept. They did 13 episodes together. I never saw any one of those. Saw several episodes of Scrubs. Don't know if they were his. Uh, they were pretty funny. Um, but it's a relatively new group all around the most seasoned person would really be Burt Kreischer because he's done all of his YouTube videos. Mark Hamill. Okay. Mark Hamill in the movie. Yeah, I, I gotcha. But once you get past Mark Hamill in the movie, again, it's a pretty, actually some of the other actors and actresses have a pretty long litany of works as well, but nothing that has really stood out. And man, what were your initial thoughts? <laughs> All right. So when I first saw the uh, trailers to this, I was super excited to go see this movie. I thought it was going to be great. You know, Mark Hamill, like Mark Hamill does like an awesome job in a lot of his movies. Uh, other like if you take away Star Wars, right? From <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I loved I loved him in Star Wars. Uh, yes, I love but- it. I, I didn't like I didn't like what they did in like the last Jedi or the I guess like the final trilogy with uh, Mark Hamill and how I think they did a, a dis, Disney did a disservice to to Mark Hamill and uh, Luke Skywalker. But take that all out and take put that put that all off to the side. I think Mark Hamill has has a, a bunch of like really great uh, pieces of work out there. Uh, when he like he played that. Uh, and Kingsman, that first movie, The Kingsman, he was a uh, professor. Uh, he's done the Joker in the animated series of Batman. Uh, he, but he's done some like some pretty good stuff. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, <laughs> Jay, and Silent, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh, so you know, I think uh, as himself, <laughs> he does actually a, a pretty good job here as playing the, the father figure, and. Uh, so you know, looking like looking at the trailer, I'm like, I'm excited. Mark Hamill's in there. I like Mark Hamill. Uh, I, the storyline of this guy, like, you know, getting like totally like trash on in college and hanging out with the Russian mob, and and then having to come back to haunt him seemed like a funny and great story. So I'm like, yeah, this this is good. This has got to be a knockout. You know, this has got to be a grand slam movie right here. Uh, but I was highly disappointed, and. Uh, before I get into why I was highly disappointed, uh, that's that was my like what I, my initial thought. Of it. Like, what was yours? I went in. This was my smarter challenge. Stoked, just like you. This is one of those movies where they won with the pre-release advertising. They didn't even have to release John Wick for JW Four. They didn't have to advertise a lot of the great movies that have come out lately. But they did a really great job advertising this one. All of those other movies, I came out of the theater. This is better than any thing and this one i came out of here being like why the fuck was this my smarter challenge <laughs> it was weighed measured and you're found wanting i was found way wanting like i'm like i don't even know if the hot chick the russian mobster chick uh eva babic babic iva babic uh as irina like i'm like was she hot was she not like 
got to have a sex symbol in every movie. He's not it. No, he's not it. <laughs> and I don't. I still don't. I can't, can't decide about her. I agree with you. I couldn't decide that about her either. I thought there were some scenes where she looked pretty uh, smoking, and there's other scenes where I'm like, eh, she's like, average. You got hit by an ugly stick overnight. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this: like after seeing the movie. I honestly, I think what spoiled the movie for me, and maybe if I never had watched it, it might have been better, is I I went and looked up, because I didn't know this was an actual, like, uh, he was an actual comedian, and this was part of his stand-up comedy skit, uh, which is actually based on a true story of what he truly experienced. Um, but when I listened to his, uh, the machine um, comedy skit, that was funny. It was pretty funny. Uh but I think what made it even better was like the second skit I listened to, which was flying dildos. And that was hilarious. But um, like watching those two skits back to back, I was like super like that. I was like super duper excited to go see this movie. Cause I was hoping it was going to be as funny as those two skits. Um, you had shared those skits with me last week, right before we filmed the previous episode. And I agree with you. They left me so hopeful, and then I left so wanting. And the biggest thing I would say is, for me, I think the fail was the ads that I had seen, the previews, really made me think there was going to be more action with the comedy. And it was a fail. I at no point thought in any way he was special. I in no way, at the end, even cared if he lived. <laughs> like I really didn't like, yeah, I, dude, you screwed up. You stole some watch that you didn't like a pocket watch. You didn't realize like, and maybe that was part of it too, is I have a huge affinity for watches or timepieces, I should say. And the fact that he gave that, like he dismissed it actually bothered me. I'm like, I don't care about you. Like go die already <laughs> you're obviously a shitty dad you have a terrible relationship with your oldest daughter and your wife i'm ready for yeah, this to shitty, be over a shitty relationship with his father yeah like where is and, this guy and his whole trip right which is you know based on a true story about what he experienced is all based upon him getting drunk acting like an asshole and blacking out doing things and not really remembering them exactly <laughs> No, I agree with it. The whole movie left me empty inside. I believe that's how I would f finish it is I don't know that I need to go into a ton of detail for a movie review that made me feel less great. I wanted so I hoped for so much more. And at the end of the day, I'm like, man, like you should have stuck to the comedy skit because Cat Williams never left me wanting like this. And this guy has ruined tons of things in his life. He's like broken into houses and stolen family portraits. Like it's messed up. Like legitimately, he has his next comedy skit about that. And this really, it, it just was mediocre entertainment. I agree. It was mediocre. Uh, what was your favorite scene though? I think when he gets kidnapped, <laughs> I actually enjoyed that. Like, he's like, what the hell's going on? And she's like, let's go. <laughs> I think that interaction 
because again, it just showed like, dude, this guy is weak. <laughs> like, how did he just? What's going on? <laughs> how about yourself? What was your favorite? So when you're talking about, you're talking about like when he gets taken from his daughter's birthday party. Yes. Okay. That was pretty funny. Um, for myself, I think it it kind of has to do probably uh, when he walks in on Mark Hamill. So Mark, his dad. So his dad. So what happens is like on the train, uh, the Russian mob was like going to kill kill his son because they didn't know where he didn't remember what he did with the watch. So he basically kicks his son off the train, which I thought was pretty funny. But then you go a little bit fast forward into the movie a little bit further. And, uh, his dad is basically like the, uh, I guess we'd call him the original machine who happens to start partying with the, <laughs> with the Russian mob ma- mafia. And he comes walking in and sees his dad partying with the Russian mafia. And then his dad was like cooking up with like uh, some Russian chick. And uh, there's like some comment. It wasn't right there, but like, I think near, near the end of the movie, he's like, dad, what did you do with that Russian chick that you said you couldn't do with your, with my mom or something like that. That the whole part, like with, with him seeing his dad partying, with the uh, Russian mafia basically kind of like taking his place uh, like years later. I thought that was kind of humorous. And I, and I thought uh, Mark Campbell did a pretty good job of playing that off. But ultimately, it like the whole story left me wanting. It's all about him going through flashbacks. Oh, this is what I did during this time, I think. And this is what I think I did here. And this is who I met here. And really, I think you get all the same stuff just by watching the comedy skit. All right. Mark Hamill, dad. What do you think it was that he could do with her that it was, he couldn't do with his own wife? I don't even want to go there. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I agree with you. And after hearing you mention it, I think it was just literally like act like a kid again. It could have been. I think that's legitimately what it is. I think, I don't think, I believe that is one of. I think that's exactly it. A huge potential fail in most relationships as you get older and all of a sudden you can't like for men in particular, we can't go be idiots anymore. And guess what? Like he was, he was being an idiot because he's like high on drugs. Idiot. Stupid stuff. So yeah, no part right. But what was he doing? He was probably doing exactly what, he would have been doing when he met the machine's mom. Probably. <laughs> and, and I think that that's honesty and I think that's a reality. And it's also a tragedy because the older we get really in relationships, the more we should go back to, Hey, I'm not saying we should go be like drink and drive or anything. Hell no. But what I am saying is, uh, let's go rent a hotel room and get drunk and be crazy and be responsible enough that we don't get in any trouble, but have enough fun. Yeah. Uh, I would agree with that. I mean, I think, yeah, you have to be like, here's the thing. Like as you get older, you're supposed to be more responsible. You have, you know, if you're married and you have children or if you did get married and had children and you got divorced or whatever, you have all these like added responsibilities in your life. And I think what happens to a lot of people uh, is that they forget that to have fun still. Like, like you're like, now you're like, think, think of like everyone really is now like kind of like an adult 
kid, really. Uh, and sometimes you just kind of like maybe like let off some steam like that. And you know, here here's where I do give uh, Bert right. That's the name, mm -hmm. Bert. Mm -hmm. This is where I give him some kudos. Is I think it's totally awesome that he's able to take his like college experience and turn it into a huge career and make lots of money. Now, I think what he did. He was kind of an ass by like, you know, robbing his like classmates and stuff on a train. But like, I got to give him kudos. It's a funny story. You know, maybe it might have been all that, like, it might have been kind of fun and cool to live through. But then when you look at like, like robbing from your classmates and stuff, that's kind of a shitty feeling though at the same time. So, uh, and like, I've been there. I did some really stupid things when I was in college. And, uh, you know, I woke up in places probably where I, you know, I, and I did some weird things like when I was out in Europe and, uh, so like seeing him do all this stuff, I'm like total kudos to him. I wish I could have made my, some of my college experiences into a comedy skit and make tons of money, but, uh, you know, good for him on this. Yeah. It's, it's a struggle. It is. It, and I think that's another piece is when you watch his comedy, or at least when I watch his comedy, I don't get engrossed in the fact that he's supposed to have the whole circle of life. It's that he's talking about an experience. And watching this movie brought in the whole circle of life. And it's like, dude, you haven't grown up. And I'm not saying don't have fun. Your dad's literally telling you you still got to have fun. That's a point of the, the movie in my eyes. But you fa you're feeling at the basics. And hopefully you can do more in life. But now he's told his same high school, college story for as long as he's gotten past that. And we're talking about 30 years. Yeah. Time for a new story. Exactly. So um, I would say uh, skip this movie. <laughs> And just go watch the skits. There you go. 100% agree with that. Um, yeah, I just, I hate it when I have a bad, smarter challenge. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> I hate when I have bad ones too. And I hate it when you do as well. Dude, but I think this is like the worst. Because even when we've had other things where we're like, hey, it wasn't that great. We still learned something. All I learned here was, don't be this guy. <laughs> Like, seriously. No, like, I agree. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> like, dumb luck is the only thing that's gotten him here. Well, yeah, and he, he made a comment, too. Like, after he, like, he wasn't getting, like, any hits on YouTube or anything like that. And it didn't happen until a girl from his class actually verified that that was a real story. And then that's when he blew up. And that's when his career blew up. And then, like, he's been, like, living on those laurels for a while now. Yeah. I mean, it's a funny story. If you never heard it, it's definitely worth the hear. But, uh, you know, it's definitely worth the listen. Uh, but I do think uh, his dildo story with... Uh, NC-17. <laughs> <laughs> the funny dildo story with um, uh, Helen Keller and... Uh, what's the lady's name again from, from uh, Amsterdam? I keep wanting to say Ann Shoots, but I know that's not it. <laughs> you know, the one that's hidden in the closet, and there's like a, like <laughs> movies and plays written about her. There's a museum. We're just going to talk about the Holocaust Museum in Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Second time I forgot her name. 
Now I'm starting to feel like that asshole again. Yeah, let's look it up. Oh, I've had my map on looking at the Metropolitan Bar Grill this whole time. My battery's getting low. All right, we're going to look at this. <laughs> and there's like, you have to read her book in high school. Her, her diaries. And Frank. There you go. I wasn't that far off. Frank, shoot. <laughs> So, Anne Frank, that is such a hilarious Helen story. Helen Keller and Anne Frank is a hilarious story because it's like, it, no, <laughs> he's kidding. He, please, he's kidding, right? <laughs> and it's that funny, but it's all wrong. It is so wrong because he's like, he's like going through the Anne Frank house <laughs> where they had hit Anne Frank and he's making all these all these jokes about Helen Keller thinking that he's at Helen Keller's house and at Anne Frank's house. Yes. I'm pretty sure they didn't have that in real. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, she was locked in a closet. She couldn't read Braille. (laughs) And the way he tells the story to you, he's like, some lady in front of me turns around and says like, are you talking about Helen Keller? (laughs) He's like, who the hell is this lady? Who is she talking about? Oh, <laughs> but his whole Amsterdam story is pretty funny. Uh, I have had somewhat similar experiences in Amsterdam that he talks about, which is uh, pretty funny when uh, when talking about it. But it is so awkward, and uh, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. All we need now is a twelve-inch flying deal, though. Yeah, <laughs> and it's very uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> All 12 inches, very uncomfortable. <laughs> Jesus. It's an uncomfortable situation to do what he talks about uh, before he goes to the Anne Frank house. <laughs> but if you believe that life is about experiences, I would say that you would need to go to... What's going on, <laughs> I would say that uh, you guys definitely need to, uh, if, you, if, if you believe life is about experiences, go check out one of these... Uh, so-called sex shows and uh, you will be well i don't know <laughs> lost for words and you'll be like this is the most messed up thing i've ever done you'll either be excited i don't think you'll be excited ruined i think you might be ruined or numbed <laughs> you definitely be like <laughs> and don't fight it don't lose teeth just swallow <laughs> all right anything else you want to say about this movie nah it's uh to me, I agree. It had all the potential in the world. And the reason I looked at the director and the screenplay writer was just that is like, okay, knowing that the screenplay was by Kevin Beagle and he did scrubs, it made sense. They're constantly bouncing between, oh, what happened yesterday? Oh, what happened a week ago? Oh, what happened five years ago? And that. I sh- had I gone into this movie knowing that was what this movie was going to be like, I wouldn't have gone. It would not have been a smarter challenge. Um, I wanted something that was action oriented and funny, um, something where this guy was mistakenly a badass, but not something where I really want to see his whole terrible life story. And I think that's the piece that I didn't want was I don't want to hear about how you're a loser when I'm voting on you to come go to see this movie that you're the winner. Like you're going to come out of this a champion. And at the end, I actually felt like he was a bigger loser. Yeah, I could see that. 
All right. Um, I have the. Like, I, I think I kind of summed up summed up my thing. It was just just watch the the skits and bypass the movie. One hundred percent agree. All right. So next week's uh, scotch is the tomaten. What? This is the tomaten, and we're gonna. We haven't looked this one up, but dulchas. Okay, dulchas or jocas. Nailed it. <laughs> Whatever it is, you nailed it. Dulchas. It, it is. looks like dulchas. Yeah, an American oak. Come on. All right, and our uh, next week's smarter challenge is going to be another movie review. I kind of wanted to do it on Spider Man, but we're going to leave Marvel. Okay, okay. And honestly, I think some of the DC movies are a little bit better than Marvel because they're kind of like more dark and stuff. Definitely. Uh, so I think next week, now I think we are going to do a movie review on Flash. Ooh, I like it. So. Comes uh, out this upcoming Friday? It sure does. I, just like with the machine... I'm super stoked about this movie because of the previews. However, I have high hopes still that this one will not let me down. I have a, I have high hopes that uh, the Flash won't let me down either because I think it's going to be kind of cool to see Michael Keaton uh, be recasted as Batman. And I also think it's great that they have Ben Affleck being Batman too. Uh, and honestly, this might be, this might go against a bunch of people, but I thought Ben Affleck was actually a really good uh, Batman. I think or Bruce Wayne, I should say. I think he's been a phenomenal Batman and Bruce Wayne, both. Uh, and, and from the preview, spoiler alerts already for the next show, man, the messages I have heard and seen from the previews that I've seen already make this movie something that is very just that real, somewhat dark. I hope and I, I'm sure there will be some comic relief throughout but it's not meant to be unscathing. I think even some of the comments they make in there is our our experiences are meant to leave scars. We're not meant to go unscarred. Like you have to learn from your scars to grow. And I 100% believe that because that is uh, the scar itself is a physical measure of pain. We're not talking about the metaverse here. We're talking about humanity, humans, not some computer program but it's something where all of a sudden you broke an arm and you work it too hard and all of a sudden you feel it and you remember and i am not invincible and that is something where even the flash is realizing man whether it's his body or his mind his emotions he is not invincible well, I think that's that's who makes us who we are, are the experiences that we go through, whether they're good experiences or painful ones. And so, uh, anyways, I look forward to it. I think it'll be, uh, I'm hoping it's going to be a good movie. I'm looking forward to it a lot. And uh, so with that, I'm going to say thank you, everyone, for uh, joining us this evening. Uh, we do greatly appreciate your support and watching our videos. Please, uh, once again, like, share, and subscribe to our videos. Um, and, uh, we appreciate all of you who watch us on YouTube, all of you who watch us on rumble and all, and listen to us on all the different, uh, audio platforms. Uh, thank you once again for myself and Jesse. Yeah. Remember drink responsibly, 
please remember to call a cab, call a friend, call an Uber, uh, Lyft, anything. Do not drink and drive if you should not be driving. That is a big deal. Uh, remember to appreciate life. Life is great. That does not mean life will always be easy. We are meant to learn from the hard times. Make sure you're learning from those. Make sure you share time with friends and family. I am super excited. Uh, this was an interesting episode just because the Smarter Challenge was did not turn out at all as expected. Like sometimes we go and see a horror movie, we expect to be wrecked. This movie, I was wrecked, and I expected to see an action comedy. <laughs> Saw a comedy action. Not the same thing, apparently. I am super excited about this. Tomaten Dulcis, American Oak. For next week, this is matured in a combination of ex-bourbon and virgin oak casks, and we had a great experience with the Kubicon, the, the Tomatin Kubicon. What a well-done scotch from a distillery that only peats and smokes their scotch one week out of every year. We got to enjoy that. Because of that, though, that was so great. I am excited for this. I am even more excited for The Flash. Um, hopefully, you guys are finding things to be excited for as well. If you have any comments, please share recommendations. You love the show. You hated the show. What did you love? What did you not hate? Uh, do you have further recommendations about our scales and our scores on restaurants or the scotches? Please share those things. Anyone who has given one and has continued to watch has seen that, hey, guess what? We really do take those into account. We really do want to be great. And we're enjoying and learning from this the whole way through. So we also thank you for that. And then, man, beyond that, until next week. Scotchman! Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a Patreon member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you, and hopefully you have a wonderful evening.